Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler. My guest today is Kevin McCashin, and Kevin is going to talk about our favorite mayor, Mayor Sheehan. So um, you talked you talked a couple of weeks ago about Lovely Warren and the predicament she's in. And you were saying that Kathy's finances are in um, worse shape than than uh, level. Well, go on. Yeah, well, if you, if we're looking for uh, unequal treatment under the law, right? If we're looking for unequal treatment under the law, and you could even perhaps, I mean, they're both Democrat mayors. Mayor Lovely Warren is the mayor of Rochester the mayor of Rochester, and she and two of her political associates, her director of finance for the city of Rochester, uh, and another fellow in her campaign, or associated with her campaign, were indicted in October. They were indicted in October, October, for felony charges connected to campaign finance violations that were alleged to have occurred in Warren's 2017 re-election run. And this was... uh, announced by the Monroe County District Attorney's Office, they, the, the charges, the three of them face two charges, illegal coordination between political committees for the purpose of evading donor limits and also uh, participating in a scheme to defraud in the first degree. They're nonviolent Class E felonies, but they carry penalties that range from no jail time to probation to up to four years in prison, right? So... This lovely Warren, who also was uh, her husband or ex-husband or domestic partner, was also uh, arrested for uh, cocaine charges as well as illegal firearms, including what was termed as an assault weapon or some, uh, at least a weapon illegal under Cuomo's SAFE Act that were found in her bedroom, in her bedroom, just to show you. you know, and, and lovely Warren is a graduate of Albany Law School, uh, you know, a mayor out there and she's been dealing with uh, police reform issues but here's somebody who's dealing with police reform her partner uh, you know co-parenting partner who she shares a bedroom with has illegal guns as well as drugs you know so this this is a, a person who's out of control or has just a disregard for the law but regardless we still believe in equal uh equal equal application of the law in all cases so this was, uh, you know, Cayuga County out there, Rochester, and they, uh, the, a grand jury was presented evidence that the district attorney presented who was acting on behalf of a scathing state, aboard, uh, state board of elections investigation. And had, there was a 35-page report, and it said that consi- there was considerable evidence finding uh, that Lovely Warren, Albert Jones, Rosalind Brooks, and others engaged in a scheme to evade contribution limits. So in other words, in New York State, you can only donate a certain amount or a union or um, a corporation or a person can only make mm-hmm. limited campaign donation amounts, correct? You know, that, most people know that. So uh, they said the, uh, you know, they said uh, they presented all this and, uh, you know, she is, uh, you know, still facing this, right? This is 
still facing this, um, you know, these charges. I don't know when the court mm-hmm. date is, must be coming up. But here it was, this is, uh, you know, she says they're going to fight it. Political action committees can give money to candidates for office, but they cannot spend on behalf of a candidate's campaign. And so when a PAC or a political action committee gives money to a candidate, it's restricted to the same limits as any other donor. So the donation limit in the 2017 mayoral campaign for Lovely Warren was 8557 But the PAC that they set up on her behalf transferred $30,000 to Friends of Lovely wow. Warren. Okay? So this is – the charges were uh, based on the election law, which prohibits coordination between campaign committees and political action committees for the purpose of evading contribution limits. So this is uh, – you know, and the, the other charge was due to that, references to systematic ongoing course of conduct with the intent to defraud. So the transfers, along with the others, were recorded in campaign, fi- campaign finance filings with the State Board of Elections. So a Democratic primary opponent flagged them, and, uh, and, and so they investigated. The investigation resulted in the Board of Elections, right? The Board of Elections did an investigation, they, they, and they, they forwarded their report to the district attorney, and the district attorney decided to bring charges, brought it before a grand jury, you know, and decided to bring charges. So this is, you know, campaign finance laws are there, right? We, we always talk about donation limits and dark money and, you know, uh, uh, the Koch brothers or George Soros or you. And actually, aside from all those guys, you know who the biggest donor is in political campaigns. It's unions, at least in New York State. Unions control mm-hmm. the political parties in New York State, at least, on the, you know, with the teachers union and, and CSEA, because they're organized. So by contrast, right, so by contrast, we have our own mayor, Kathy Sheehan, who has had multiple issues with her campaign and her campaign exceeding uh, campaign finance limits, also flagged. And penalties, civil penalties, were brought, uh, have been brought. And then she also had another case where she actually literally had this uh, fellow using her campaign card to make illegal purchases or purchases that weren't even, you know, just as an example of, of the lack of oversight on behalf of Kathy Sheehan and her own campaign. You know, you wonder, you wonder why the city of Albany uh, perpetually or systemically $12.5 million in debt. She can't even monitor her own campaign credit card. Okay. So this was, you know, and this guy stole thousands from her. This was in September, right? Right a month before lovely Warren or a couple days, a couple weeks, right before lovely Warren. And this is why the, it was fresh in my mind. She has Kathy Sheen in a situation where this uh, former guy who was uh, either leasing or running Ciro's up at uh, Saratoga, right? So it just shows kind of people around Kathy, right? Running Ciro's up at the Saratoga race course. Former restaurant operator was charged with stealing thousands from the Albany mayor's campaign. Fundraising consultant, so she outsources her fundraising. Fundraising consultant Scott Solomon charged with stealing more than $40,000. And so this guy um, had – I had uh, – used her credit card, right, campaign accounts. She's 
charged with stealing tens of thousands of dollars from her campaign accounts, thefts that were made using credit cards and forged checks. So there's no controls here. You know, how do you, how do you get away with this allegedly misused uh, campaign credit card to make 22000 in unauthorized personal expenses? He was a fundraising consultant for her back in 2017. So at the same time, she had told police that this fellow Solomon convinced her to obtain a credit card for the 2017 campaign. And, had, uh, and when the credit card company said the account was overdue, David Gallen, her six-figure chief of staff, this kid uh, who was also an uh, Albany law grad, David Gallen, and these are the guys who are on Twitter David Gallen and her director of operations, Brian Shea, both, I would say, in their early to mid-30s, earning over six figures at taxpayer expense, spending their time attacking people and being nasty on Twitter all day, uh, much along the lines of Rich as a party, who is, uh, does the same exact sort of pit bull dog attacks on behalf of Governor Cuomo, you know, or, or leaking mm-hmm. information uh, personnel file information for sexual harassment accusers, which happened on one Saturday when uh, one of the one of the uh, poor uh, you know alleged victims of uh, Cuomo came forward. By that day, the, all the personnel records were published in the New, New York Post, Times well, Union, you know, and it all well, all well, uh, all well, unethically well, obtained. Well, that, yes, that's what Matthew Peter did. You know, he's now the representative in in the county legislature. Yeah, but he was so Matthew, he was caught yeah, Matt, uh, working on doing uh, Oh, sure, sure, time. sure. They all yeah, they all do it. They all do it. So Matthew Peter, uh, you know, she he was a this thirty year old, uh, thirty in his thirties, young guy, six figure director of operations for Kathy or chief of staff. Then he goes to the Albany Parking Authority where he's paid mm-hmm. uh almost a hundred probably about 140000 and then you add on his Albany County legislator salary, and he's up to about $168,000 in taxpayer money, where these guys go and they're just either attack dogs, they're rubber stamps, or they, uh, you know, or they are just lazy. You know, they're just lazy and ineffective. You know, they actually, at the Albany Parking Authority, they actually have a bonus structure for him. And you wonder what the bonus structure is based on. Is it based on how many people they can tow, how many people they can ticket? And it's just amazing to see that they, you know, that somebody would be able to uh, finagle a contract to be able to personally profit from other people's misery, especially now, you know. So uh, Mm -hmm. aside from that, you had this. So Kathy Sheener, 2017, 2017 to 2020, uh, unexamined campaign finance expenses. And remember, Kathy Sheehan loans tens and tens of thousands of dollars to her own campaign just to get elected. So, you know, if you want to look at, if you want to talk about a Donald Trump at a local level where you have these oligarchs just sort of, you know, this is how it is in the former Soviet Union and everywhere else. You have these oligarchs just purchasing their political power. Kathy Sheehan's a prime example of that. You know, she just purchases her, her political power by loaning hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, to her own campaign. So this is, uh, they reviewed all this stuff and they, uh, you know, made, made an arrest. And of course they released him right on bail. And, uh, you know, in February, the same guy was, was uh, arrested for writing uh, 54,000 in bad checks, you know. So here's a, here's a rotten character that Kathy Sheehan was using for fundraising. But 
the analogous situation to the lovely Warren indictments for felony charges, indictments for felony charges in October of 2020, this black mayor, black Democrat mayor of Rochester, indicted, came in uh, 2018, where Kathy Sheehan was only fined $10,000, not arrested, not indicted, just fined $10,000 as part of a settlement over allegations which were, you know, confirmed by the settlement, of excessive contributions, filing late reports, and hosting a fundraiser with a raffle for theater tickets, which is illegal. And this is from the agreement with State Elections Chief Enforcement Counsel, uh, Risa Sugarman at the time. And so initially, she sought to find Kathy Sheehan, friends of Kathy Sheehan campaign committee, Sheehan and her campaign treasurer, Alan Michaels, $18,000. And they got a settlement reached to refund the excessive campaign contributions and pay a $10,000 penalty. Now, she didn't get indicted for felony, for a felony like Lovely Warren, but it's exactly the same issue where you have an excess of campaign contributions and there's no felony charge because, uh, you know, they could have taken this, given it to Soros, and Soros would indict Sheehan. And, then, and what's funny about this is Kathy Sheehan, you know, Soros doesn't even indict her for this, you know, wasn't even presented with this, I assume, because of the connections with the Board of Elections. But board, remember, Board of Elections are made up of two parties, the Republicans and the Democrats. So mm-hmm. this is – and then – but think about this. If this was presented and this was an indictable felony for Kathy Sheehan, uh, along with this, her campaign treasurer, as well as, uh, you know, the people, fi- they file late stuff, but they always, you know, that's always an issue, but they never charge anything on that. But regardless, you know, and you would think, well, why are you filing late? Well, you're filing late because you're trying to cover something up, you know, or, maybe, or, you're, or you're incompetent. Either way, that's your mayor of Albany. It ultimately falls, if her campaign filings are late, it falls on her. You know, it's just like if, if the city paid, uh, you know, their electric bills late. It falls on Kathy. It's Kathy's problem. So think about this. Kathy Sheehan was not indicted by David Soros. She turns around, endorses Matt Toporowski, mm-hmm. or district attorney against Soros, and then she turns around and hires Toporowski. You know, so Soros really, just by being uh, a weak, uh, you know, weak or weak or or corrupt, or letting things slide with Kathy on this, you know, almost spelled his own doom. Now, of course, he beat Toporowski, uh, but at the same time, you know, Sheen is certainly no friend of Soros, you, you know, and so, but here's the signed uh, settlement. So the, the uh, you know, the excuse was this, uh, Brian Shea, advisor for Sheen's campaign, well, also Brian Shea, her director of operations, earning over six figures at your at taxpayer's expense, the committee, campaign committee has established proper internal control so this doesn't happen again. But here it is. This is uh, the campaign admitted to violating election law. Uh, that's an e-felony. It's an e-felony. And that's what lovely Warren and two other campaign people, including her director of finance for, her, for the city of Rochester, got indicted for. So here you have uh, they accepted contributions above 4000 which was the allowable limit for Sheehan's campaign. 
And uh, this was during, from 2013, so systemic, systemically or systematically, whatever you want to call it, from 2013 to 2017. And so the uh, people, just to give you a good example of, of uh, where they're at here, the uh, Board of Election Investigator said initially they sought to recover $38,000, $38,000 in excess expenses, right? $38,000 in excess expenses. Uh, and $2,000 in penalties for late campaign report filings dating back to 2009. So since 2009 to 2017, Kathy Sheehan wasn't able to file her campaign filings like every other candidate in New York State is required to do. Sheehan's campaign contribution limits from 16 supporters exceeded legal limits. That would be potentially 16 felonies versus Lovely Warren with one felony. And one, well, two felonies. One, one associated with campaign exceeding campaign finance limits, and the second one with uh, you know with uh, you know conspiracy to defraud, essentially. And mm-hmm. so here, Sheen's campaign contributions from 16 supporters exceeded limits. Uh, some some were considered to be separate and therefore not over the limit. But regardless, you know, here it is: plumbers and steam fitters, local seven. So they had to refund the money. But what happened? Where's Lovely Warren's chance to refund the money or to bring it back or to just pay a civil penalty? Instead, boom, they indict him on e-felonies. That Kathy wasn't indicted on e-felonies. She was given the common courtesy to straighten it out, you know, which is probably the proper policy because it's just campaign shenanigans. You know, it shouldn't happen. Nobody else cheats like that. But, but at the same time, you know, and the other thing was, the mayor's campaign accepted contributions in exchange for an opportunity to win tickets to see uh, Hamilton, of course, right? Hamilton. Uh, but there's a state law that prevents political parties from conducting raffles. So, you know, these, uh, these, these are real issues, and it shows the double standard. You know, the double standard where, you know, is it because she's black? Is it because the mayor of Rochester is black that she gets felony indictments? Or is it, are, are there other dynamics involved? It just makes you wonder, but Kathy Sheehan here skates, and Kathy Sheehan's controls on her campaign are so bad that she went through that public humiliation and a $10,000 fine in 2018, and in 2020, she still has campaign issues with people robbing her campaign. So, you know, it just shows a lack of attentiveness. You know, this, this woman who everybody thought was such a great attorney, a corporation counsel, and uh, was sharp or even was the city treasurer, right? She was the city treasurer. She was in, in a position where she was in charge of money, and she's still incompetent. So, you know, when you see, when you see uh, the city of Albany where uh, with its 10 homicides, they say it's nine, but the one, uh, you know, they, they, they're, they're calling it nine, but the one was a, a woman who was well along in her pregnancy at 211 Central Lab, Shanita Thomas. You know, whose who's two children, one of them, they already lost their father, you know, who was uh, killed. He was a snug uh, violence, you know, reduction person, gun violence reduction person. And he was killed, murdered, you know, with a gun at a dispute at a basketball court. They, uh, you know, you see this stuff and you say, well, Kathy Sheehan can't even get to keep her house in order regarding her own campaign finance. 
how do you think mm-hmm. she's going to stop? How do you think she's going to stop crime in uh, crime in Albany, New York, which at ten homicides is exactly the same rate as Chicago? Ten homicides per hundred thousand people. It's exa- it is as violent, you know, per capita for murders as Chicago. You know, it's just you puts it in perspective. It's all tragic. It's terrible. The latest homicide happened at 3 a.m. Uh, on the border of the Pine Hills. It was at Quail, Quail between Quail and Sabatino's Liquor, outside of Sabatino's Liquor, it was Quail, Western Avenue, and Elberon Place. So this is, you know, they call it the student ghetto, but, but it was really nice. You would have uh, Washington Taverns there. That building right there used to be called the, the Lamp Post. Uh, you know, it's student, but it's not that bad right there. Three in the morning, a uh, gentleman pulled up, talked to two other gentlemen, Two guns got pointed at his head, and a fight ensued, and he was shot in the head and uh, was essentially dead on scene. Um, you know, all, all the two suspects are black male. The victim was a black male. Uh, you know, and, and so we see the endless cycle of, uh, you know, almost too hard to remember the names of all the victims. I mean, you had 17 homicides last year, 131 people shot in the city of Albany. And uh, the response from David Gallen and those, you know, the response from the critics is this. We need more community programs. And they have a lot of community programs. You know, they, what they don't have is a lot, of, a lot of solid families. Once again, how do you advocate for solid families? You know, you, we, it's, it's, it's a person by person. It's a cultural thing. It's very sad. It's very sad and it's very tragic. And the other shooting this weekend, which uh, – resulted in a fellow being shot in Water Valley because it was a back-and-forth incident, was at South Street. South Street is located uh, off of Broadway as you head towards Manans, right, the last overpass past National Grid. Uh, It's towards the left. So that's North Albany. So when we say the shootings and the homicides are only in the South End and West Hill, and it used to be Arbor Hill, but uh, more West Hill now, West Hill and the South End. No, now they're moving into the Pine Hills. That's the lower edge of the Pine Hills. And uh, now they're moving into North Albany, you know, where they're, sh- where they're shooting multiple shots during the day. The, you know, the latest homicide was a, the fellow was shot in the head, uh, you know, at 3 in the morning. These other ones were, uh, you know, 5 o'clock in the afternoon or, or 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And that resulted in... Uh, Another person being shot in the leg in Water Valley, as well as the standoffs, and the police, I think, took care of that in Water Valley under their new police chief, uh, Joseph Santani. But uh, just troubling and sad, troubling and sad, Cynthia. It really is. And uh, unfortunately, you know, the, atti- the attitude just, is not, not. Go ahead. Let me let me ask you this question. Uh, we're coming up to the primary pretty soon. That'll be in like three weeks. And then, you know, we're looking at the general. But there is not much, you know, talk about an alternative to Kathy Sheehan. Everything is like, you know, you know, I I hope that that Alicia Purdy and, and Greg Adela speak their minds, but as far as the Democrats, everything is hunky dory and it's like the city is falling apart, and Kathy's yeah. hands get away with murder. Not only well, murder, yeah. but finances, finances also, 
when is this going to stop? Yes. Well, the question you know? is, is, you know, Valerie actually, uh, Valerie actually had a, a very impassioned post on Facebook last week. Uh, and, and Valerie, Valerie is, uh, is very good at, uh, at spelling out that there's good and evil, you know, that spelling out that the families need to be involved, spelling out that, um, you know, that, that there's right and wrong. And you don't hear the, this, this, this uh, criticism of, of culture. Maybe it's because she's black and the majority of people involved in these incidents are black, but it's uh, it's sad, and this is this is this was the best example of of what's so disgusting about Kathy Sheehan. Kathy Sheehan, uh, after the uh, death of the fellow named uh, David, now this qu- shooting on First and Quail, where the uh, employee of the Mister Sam Food Market. Here is this uh, Pastor Willie's on one corner feeding children. These other fellows that are immigrants from uh, Yemen, refugees, right? It's a civil war in Yemen. These other fellows here work in the neighborhood. 5 p.m. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, 2:30 p.m. on a Friday, uh, this fellow um, this fellow uh, drives by and shoots. Well, caught in the crossfire was was uh, David here, who worked at the Mr. Sam, and he died. The other fellows who were hit all have criminal records, or they're associates of gangs, the uptown uptown uh, criminal gang in the area there. And, uh, and so the innocent bystander was killed. The corner of First and Quail has been uh, between Greg Adela for the past three years and Pastor Charlie for longer, has always been an issue, has continued to be an issue. Quail Street itself is where Kathy Sheehan's adopted son's brother died, you know, in a mm-hmm. similar gun incident. And Nothing has changed in eight years that Kathy's been there. So, and so Kathy's policy of, well, it's, it's the illegal guns from out of town, as if, as if you had, Cynthia, if you or I either had a pistol that wasn't registered in New York State, you know, because you felt scared in the city of Albany, would you uh-huh. use it to aggressively murder somebody? No, you wouldn't. It's not the gun's fault. It's the, it's the culture's fault. It's the individual's fault. And, the, and Valerie was very good at pointing it out. You know, some people are evil. And the evil people, you know, the sociopaths, yeah, it's due to their bad upbringing. But at the same time, you know, we have to hold individual people accountable. But here it is. How many people have to die on the corner of Quail and uh, First for Kathy Sheehan to change her attitude and her policies and what's the most obnoxious thing about the death of David and this incident is Kathy Sheehan showed up at the mosque for the funeral. And she showed up in her hijab and she, you know, gave the little speech. But it's Kathy Sheehan's policies that are the reason why the funeral occurred in the first place. And she still shows up there with no shame. You know, it's disgusting. So what you have now is... Uh, Sheriff Apple and the New York State Police are in town. Sheriff Apple aggressively, the state police have had, last week they had at least two police chases, which means they're pulling over cars and cars are fleeing, which means there's guns, drugs, or or a person who shouldn't be driving or it's a stolen car. Two police chases, 
for the state police, four for the Albany County Sheriff, which means the Albany Police Department wasn't proactively pulling people over, which is the only reason. You know, cops don't have to give tickets. They, can ha- they have the discretion where they say, okay, your taillight's out. They see that it's Cynthia who's driving. There's, there's no reason to check for guns or drugs. There's no, you know, odor of marijuana or, you know, what it used to be. And uh, she's free to go. We don't have to write her a ticket to punish her. We can have a positive interaction. Our time is up. Our time is up. We could talk for hours about this. So let's wait a couple weeks, see what transpires. Let's talk again. But give yourself uh, your your plug. I'm on uh, 3 to 6 where I talk a lot. And I talk a lot like this. And we take phone calls from the public, too. We take phone calls so you can, you can voice your opinion, and you can be heard by thousands of people, too, in the Capital District. And it's uh, Talk 1398.7. The name of the show is Road Rage, 3 to 6, Monday through Friday. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, you've been listening to Kevin McCashin. I'm Cynthia Pooler. This is Focus on Albany. If you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you, everybody, for listening.